today on Greatly Amusing, the Halloween Franchise Special. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gravely Amusing, the only podcast that knows how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. I'm your 90% deaf host, Brian Peters, and here with me are the man with three first names, Jonathan Tyler Patrick, hey, and a man, man responsible for China, only allowed to have one child, <laughs> James Tiberius <laughs> Cole. <laughs> if you, welcome, boys. J- did you and know that to the 45th anniversary of the Halloween franchise part due? J- James part. made me believe in reincarnation because I like it's like Genghis Khan is back, just <laughs> just spreading the seed. Yep, spreading the seed. Just called China once, farmer. Shut down the whole country. <laughs> Uh, in part one, we covered the original sequel timeline, and we talked on the Rob Zombie films. Tonight, the real action begins, the real controversy. Tonight, we discussed the H2O timeline and the H40 timeline. It touched a little bit upon Halloween 3, because that's kind of its own thing. Uh, then we'll discuss how we rank these films, and then we'll discuss our hope for the future now that Miramax has taken over TV rights and what we think about that. Uh, if you listeners don't know, I'm actually uh, roughly 80% deaf, and uh, I use hearing aids to get by. So my left hearing aid died just before this podcast started, So, uh, but the show must go on sometimes. So I apologize for any awkward moments or these guys from the Crypto Report yelling at me to check my battery like Alma and Sister Act, but, but uh, we'll see how it goes. So... Boys, the last time we left Michael, uh, we were talking Rob Zombie, but Michael kind of left also with the Code of Thorn and uh, raping his niece and, you know, good family films. <laughs> and and uh, they introduced the Code of Thorn in, uh, in Halloween 6, and that was about 1995. It was three years later. It was 1998 now. It's the 20th anniversary of Halloween. Let's get dangerous, boys. Let's let's talk H2O. Yeah. You say it's all about family. Is Michael going to rip that mask off? Is going to be Dom underneath? Yes. <laughs> that was a joke that I was saving. No, but, he's, but, he's, he's the lost Toretto. Was, he's the he lost was, Toretto. Michael wasn't even a Myers. He was actually a Toretto. <laughs> he's actually Dom's uncle. Right. That's actually the retcon they were trying in 2018. Um, okay. I want to say this. Good. Halloween H2O yeah. was the first Halloween movie I saw. Like I like saw this straight way through. Like I saw it before I saw the original. Um, I was at my cousin's house and they had rented it and we sat there and we watched it. And <clears throat> so H2O was the first film I saw and it kind of like worked. It worked for me. Um, I do want to point out a couple of things I find interesting about H2O is the fact that there is an extended script that Kevin Williamson had worked on 
yep. that helped tie in all of the events um, as if they had happened where this film actually did carry on from the previous films. Like it was part of a continuing timeline. Um, but then they cut that scenes and kind of made it this new timeline that we're, we're talking about where it's one, two H2O and resurrections. Yeah. Like he was, he was trying to tie it all together. Um, Kevin Williamson, if you listeners do not know, is one of the greatest writers of our time. He, he is the man that wrote scream created pretty much created scream with Wes. Uh, he wrote this movie. Dawson's Creek. <laughs> What's that? Let's not forget Dawson's Creek. I, I watched Dawson's the crap Creek. out of that when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. <laughs> I can't even remember the character. I, I was going to make a Dawson's Creek joke, but then I couldn't remember what the freaking characters' names were. Well, we got a character, or we got a person from Dawson's Creek, Michelle Williams, in H two O. Yes, <laughs> yes <laughs> tying it back. Um, oh yeah, man. Um, so H2O is is not um, it's one of the early Halloweens I I saw so like I'd seen like the original and probably two really only maybe caught bits of the other ones until I, I had seen H2O so it was really one two and H2O for me it was kind of like that's how it was I, I, I knew going into it that Michael was uh, her brother you know, so it, that's my original timeline, basically, of watching Halloween was Halloween, Halloween two and H2O. I mean, yeah, like it, it really it really does shape a great trilogy. Like it really does. Like so. So in this in this timeline, listeners, we are, uh, you know, Halloween one, of course, is a blueprint. It is the the. Focal point, the what's the word? The fulcrum, fulcrum. fulcrum. the launch pad, the launch pad, the the start of the sacred timeline, if you will. Um, but then Halloween two matters in this because it establishes Lori as a sister that uh, Lori got away, <coughs> and basically that Doctor Loomis um, does H two O. Yeah, H two O does establish. That Loomis did survive the fire, right? And then because the nurse was taking care of him, am I am I correct in that? I think so. I think like he died later. Okay, because the nurse makes an offhand comment because she has all of his records. Yeah, Lo- yeah. I okay. mean, Donald Pleasance was dead by this time, but oh yeah, yeah. I believe they do. I believe they do say that he survived the fire and lived on for a while after that, but not like. Certainly not like um, uh, Michael's doctor or anything. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so this takes place 20 years after the fire, or well, after the first night of Halloween. And so now this is you know 1998, 20 years after 1978, where it really started. But kind of timeline-wise... Um, you know, if Halloween two kind of happened in 1981, you just have to kind of ignore that fact. No, Halloween two is the same night. I know you. Well, I'm saying you have to. You have to like ignore the fact that it came out in 81. Oh, I got you. I got you. But um, my apologies, guys. Uh, where are my notes? Here? There we go. Okay. I was just going to point out like what James was saying. 
this movie came out like we were all about 12 13 years old mm-hmm. so we're right at that cusp of teenage years you know when you really start getting more interested in horror so it does you know work that we were exposed to this one maybe before the first one because it was the new hip thing yeah yeah I, I think most people our age is probably this is more one of their more favorite one and somebody who's a little bit older might not have as much of an appreciation for it because they have the other movies first i think you're totally right i think you're spot on with that like because this is you know right when we were about to become teenagers like this movie came in theaters maybe maybe you did see in theaters i don't think i don't think i did see in theaters i mean I might have. Uh, I'm. I'm pretty sure that I saw this at. Uh, I'm positive I saw this at home. It was a. It was a rental. Like I said, I watched it with my. Cousin. I'm pretty sure it was, it was a, a rental. rental. Yeah. Probably. Probably. But um, I think this movie has one of the best Halloween openings. That we, you know, we get the nurse going into her house. It's ransacked. It's been broken into. Uh, the nurse from the original Halloween, uh, one and two. I for, I forget her name, but. Then she asked Joseph Gordon-Levitt to go into her house with a hockey stick to see what was going on. Um, and basically, Michael kills that kid. Michael kills another kid. Um, the cops show up, and Michael drives away in a nice muscle car. <laughs> and, and we find ice out from the James in his face. Was, oh, yeah. hits him right in the face with the ice skate, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's an awesome kill. Awesome <laughs> kill. Um but we find that Michael has kind of been looking for her these past 20 years. Uh, she faked her death. She's got a new identity. And Michael has just been hunting her kind of from the shadows, which I think is a, a great story concept that, like, uh, you're not going to get away from me. I will find you. And he took the file from Lori that the nurse had, that, that, that Loomis had. And we get this awesome opening credit scene uh, after the police shut the door of all these newspaper clippings of Halloween 1 and 2, this homage, if you will. And we get the quotes from Loomis saying, you know, he had the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. It's just such an awesome opening. I absolutely love it. Um so what do you what do you like I have some some things I definitely want to want to get into but James like what do you think about this movie like do you do you like this timeline better like well that's um, a question I kind of was saving but <laughs> I guess we'll get into it but. I mean better um you know it's really short uh you get the timeline you get one which is a great movie Two, yeah. which is a pretty darn good movie. Um, this movie, which I think is a really good movie, you know, this is up there with one of my is up there in my rankings with with some of my favorites uh, from this franchise. Um, and honestly, the resurrection, I do not hate. Um, I don't love it, but I don't think it's horrible either. Some people are like. It's black. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that next. We'll talk about we, that. We will. We will. I'm just saying, but as a timeline, you know. Sure. Um. So I. I do so I guess like, let me rephrase the question. Okay. If you look at each uh, Halloween one, Halloween two, and this, 
does that make a great trilogy? Or yes. do you feel like yes. you needed more? Yes, because at the end, you know, we get the ending where Lori takes him and chops his head off. Um, you know, she's and everybody was like, oh my god, like, you know what I mean? Like it's over. But it's kind of the thing that they do all the time is say they always die, but they always come back. Um oh wait, and come and on. it was it was I'll it was intense, it was emotional. You know what I mean? Like she felt something in that moment um, for for what happened. I do. Uh, I do like this. Actually, it's probably my favorite of the Halloween trilogy. You know, I mean, for for an answer. Yeah, I mean, it is my favorite trilogy in the Halloween. Uh, Halloween all the Halloween timelines. Yeah. 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 Is there anything about this movie that you thought sucked? Um. Or you would have done better. <laughs> you know what? There's some really awesome things about this movie. Um, for the most part, I like most of it. Like it's got good music in it, actually, because we we've got the introduction of Josh uh, Josh Hartnett. So we get this group of teens. So we get some, and this was the '90s. So we get some needle drops. You know, so we had some music in there. Um, you know, the the group of teens. I mean, they. They all played. The, they all played their parts. Uh, most of those death scenes were pretty good. Um, I mean, and then you got LL Cool J trying to be a romance writer. I mean, come on, like <laughs> it was. It was like that was great humor added to the movie. Like sometimes humor can go like just too much, but that was just a good bit of humor to split up some of the suspense and horror. You know, yeah, some His nice woman yelling at him, right. Some great kills, and I mean, Michael coming down from the rafters, coming down off that pipe, like it's it's one of the most iconic shots of the franchise. Um, I I definitely put that in my notes that that scene where he's just coming down and like hanging one by hand. one arm, one hand. Yeah, I love that. Scene. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. So you rank it pretty high. Uh, yeah, it's fairly high in my rankings. Yeah, nice. Um, Tyler, I know, I know, you, I know you have so much to say about this one because you and I really love this one. I do love this, and I think this one is more in line with the original. And that goes back to what I find funny. Okay, is this one was directed by Tim Minner, Minor. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Who Probably directed? Uh, who directed? Yeah, Steve, Steve Minor. Yeah. Uh, who directed it? Friday the 13th, part two and part three. Yeah, Steve Miner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I Not find it interesting. Character at all. I find it interesting that this film has more, I think, in its pacing and its style with the original Halloween, less kills, not as much of a gore uh, film coming from a guy who had done Friday the 13th. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think this one. I do like this one um, because like I said, I think it, and I think it does work really good as a good trilogy. Um, if you look at it. Um, <clears throat> so I, uh, it, the only thing I can say is that I didn't like about it is I hate that they tweet Kevin Williamson's script. Cause I have a, a, a pitch that I'd like to throw out to you guys. Let's hear um, it boy. Let's hear it. Well, I probably won't hear it, but 
you know, James will hear. I'm listening. Okay. I'm all ears. Because how they wrote this film to tie it all together. Mm-hmm. And there's hints at it in this one about her faking her death and everything. Yep. yep. My Give pitch it to me. Was, Come on. My, my pitch was at the end of this film, when it's John and Lori at home, you hear a ring at the doorbell. Lori goes to get the pizza they ordered. She opens the door. It's Justin Goodlevitt. And it's Jamie. And she stabs her. And she falls. Lori falls down dead. And Jamie looks at John and puts on Michael's mask. And that's where it ends. And the idea now is now you have the new brother and sister where Jamie is now basically the shape of evil. And now John has to figure out what his family's true legacy was and try to stop his sister. And that would have been the next Halloween film. So you really would have ended the Michael's uh, and Lori story. She killed him. And you would have picked up the threads that you left from four and five, ignoring six. That's the big one. We just have to ignore six. Okay. If you want to ignore five, that's five. T- that's fine. too. Let's ignore that too. You Let's know what get I'm saying? It out of here. But I'm just saying like my idea was since we're jumping and doing this thing where we kind of with the Halloween films did some and count some, this would be the sequel to f- like four or five. And you know what I'm saying? And it would, ki- it would continue what we did because we all know that Danielle Harris still looked extremely young, <laughs> you know, and her and Josh and Harnett in real life are only a year apart. Like one was born in 77. One was born. In, I looked them up yesterday. Um, they're only born a year apart. So it works. You do the math. They, it still works for both of them to, to have she been born in a, young in the two thousands and two thousand. That's what I'm saying. Like, she, <laughs> so this was in, that, this was in 98. So that's my pitch is you, you have them, you go that way and that's how it goes. You know, it's a, it has um, like Solomon has really grabbed onto the end in the first goosebumps movie where Jack black as R.L. Stein says, every story can be broken into three parts, the beginning, the middle and the twist. And that's been like Solomon's catchphrase. Now, every time we watch something. <laughs> so with that in mind, could you imagine, like, as a Halloween fan, and you get that ending as your twist? I'm just—that was my pitch. I think I would have been like, "Oh boy!" And I mean, that's a twist, you know. That's a twist that rivals, like, uh, at the end. It's not just—it's not just a jump scare that can be, um, that can be a dream, or that could have happened or couldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, like. That's a twist ending that wants you coming back for the next one. Kind of like four ended wanting you coming back for five. Like and it would almost make sense if you ignored five and six and went with off of four with that ending, because then she, she comes back uh, like she's been in the asylum for yeah. um, the last 10 years. Yeah. And she escapes and does that. You know what I, I mean? mean? Lori's face. You can definitely see that she would have the rage and want revenge if her mother's still alive. John took her life. Mm -hmm. You know, Lori's faking her death was the car crash that supposedly killed her. Right. That's what I'm saying. And it's something that Lori's and then and you have a whole movie where John goes has to go back to Haddonfield. He has that's his first time there. He goes with the weight of who he is, his family line. He has to start figuring out stuff. 
you know, he can't find his sister. He's been searching for, her, but he knows if he's in Haddonfield on Halloween, she's guaranteed to appear. So like, yeah, that's, that's it, man. That's my, uh, I, I think that would have been freaking awesome. Yeah. Like it, it really would have, it would have been something special. It really would have. I'm with you, man. Um, so some notes I have here to kind of back up what you're saying. Um, like a cold one. So Lori says that John's dad was a meth head that left Lori. So I found that kind of interesting that like, is Jamie's dad like, so if, if we make Jamie Cannon again, is Jamie's dad, the, the EMT guy. Yeah. And then something happened there. Maybe Lori like, you know, drank a little too much. He left. She got into drugs. You know, she faked her death. She got depressed, found a meth head or, or she's lying. I'm yeah. going to go with she's I lying. mean, with the, yeah, I mean, with the with the, with the storyline that they continue in this one, and even in H four O, with her being an alcoholic and everything, like you can see if she would have turned to substance abuse to um, cope with her trauma for a while, makes perfect Man, sense. I'm I'm okay with um, <clears throat> I'm okay with her like having substance abuse, and then that's why she fakes her death to get rid. And she thought her. Jamie's father would take care of her and then he just he was already out of the picture and didn't know or something or he abandoned her too. I don't know. Yeah. Like he didn't show up to get her like Lori thought he was going to. So it makes Jamie even more full of that rage. It's 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 interesting. Like this movie puts John as being 17. That means that you would have been born in 81. So that'd make him the same age as Jamie or one year older than Jamie, just like he said. Um the uh, one note I put in here, the <laughs> the mother that takes her child to this this rest stop, like I'm not a parent, you know, I'm not, but I probably wouldn't take my child. I would take my child probably to a more public place, like <laughs> a more safer place than this thing. In '98, we really had no cell phones, so so like it was. It makes it seem more scary. And I like how they called back to the scene a little bit in uh, at age 40 because, you know, those podcast people, you know, they would have cell phones with them, but Michael still kicked their ass and still made it terrifying. So I kind of like that little bit of callback. Um, in my notes as well, there there's a scene where Lori is teaching and she relates, she starts talking about Frankenstein. And you know how I love Frankenstein. And she starts relating the story. It's almost like relating the story of Halloween to Frankenstein. And I have it in an audio clip in my notes. And I, I can't listen to it right now because uh, I don't have an Apple computer. <laughs> but uh, but I thought it was very interesting uh, what was said. But I can't remember all that was said. Um, I also wrote that the number 17 for some reason is significant in this series, this franchise. So Judith was 17 when she was murdered by Michael. Lori was 17 when she met Michael in Halloween 78. John is 17 in Halloween H2O. Allison <clears throat> Strode and in, in H40, she's 17 as well. So when everybody like meets Michael, they have to be 17 years old. I thought that was interesting. Um, 
I also want to talk about this freaking CGI mask. Oh, like, oh. like, um, I, I'll try to send you guys send you guys a picture of this mofo. Oh, I know it. I I know. Uh, oh yeah. You familiar <laughs> with how this looks yeah. like? Yeah. James. Uh, yeah. I mean, go ahead and send it. But yeah. Um, I think this has to be it. I think so. But it look it, that has to be it because it looks so freaking atrocious. And <laughs> I I don't know what we're looking at. We're looking at like PS one graphic type yeah. type <laughs> type thing. Uh, it's horrible. In ninety eight was PS one even out? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. Wait, where did it come out? 90? No, no, it was yeah, PS two. PS two came out in like two thousand one. Whatever. Um, there's a lot of different masks in this movie. A whole bunch of different masks. A lot of them really focus on seeing the eyes, which I do not like seeing Michael's eyes, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. But I really like the scene where Michael's chasing um, chasing John and his girl. Uh, I like that John punches him. Yes. Because no one's ever freaking done that. And I think uh, I remember that Tyler and I talked about that. Like, this is the first time that someone stands up to Michael, just punched him in the freaking mouth. It was freaking mm-hmm. awesome. He yeah. doesn't have the history or the fear, like you know, and he it just shows like I think it's a little bit more 90s. Updated. Yeah, 90s. Let's just say 90s like teen, like you know, like oh screw this, bam, you know, like <laughs> I'm I'm John Strode, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also like one of the most iconic I've never brushed my hair a day in my life. Never <laughs> like me today. Now I was wearing a hat today, but but uh, I also one of the most iconic Halloween shots that's always in my head is where they're where Michael gets to that door with the round window, and he's looking at Lori, and Lori looks up and sees him for the first time in twenty years. Like, holy shit, he's back! Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, oh my god, he found me! Like, I just I love that scene. Yeah, um, and Jamie Lee just so great in that scene. Like, just the fear, the anger, the you know, and, and I think that's why they fo- they they show Michael's eyes so much. They want to they want them to look into each other's eyes. So at the end, when yeah. she's looking into his eyes, and then she chops his head off, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was there. I think it was that way for a reason. So it wasn't just dark. I think I think you're right. Eyes. I think you're totally right. Um, so because John technically would be like right there at the cusp of being a Gen Xer, you know, into a millennial, so he's got that like it all man attitude. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm the parent with a kid at the thing. I just want to say this I'm just pissing in the grass. I pulled up that scene just to kind of look at it, I'm just taking my kid, they're peeing on the wall, they're peeing in the back. I don't care. <laughs> like, if it's this remote, they're just peeing outside. Absolutely. Um, So I want to ask you this question, and I think this is a pretty damn good question. So in the last 20 minutes of this movie, we we get Lori going to her son and his girlfriend and kind of a callback to that that scene from Halloween 1 where she's like, I want you to go to McKenzie's house, and I want you to, you know, call 911, go to McKenzie's house, stay safe. She gets them out of there. She busts the gate. She locks herself in with Michael. My question to you boys 
is the last 20 minutes of H2O the best Halloween moments there is? Better mm -hmm. than the showdown in Halloween 1. That last 20 minutes of H2O, is it the best? Jinx. Oh, you go. mean out of all? You mean out of all of them? Like all the way out to ends or? Okay. Like this, like, I this mean, Lori ready to freaking go. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. Um, she's, she, she gets to fight back because in the first one, yeah, she's fighting back, defending herself and everything, but she's on the run. She's young. She's 17. She's scared. She's still a little, um, you know, she's just trying to hide most of the time. So like when it comes down to this one, I mean, besides, besides being totally ready and having a, a murder house for him. Like, yeah, up to this point, it is. I would say it is because I feel like the next one, you know, in age 40, we're, we're not there yet, but like, it's almost one step too far of yep. paranoia. This one, at least like it's her fighting back, not having prep time, you know, never knowing if he's going to show up. Well, in um, another, within the last the 20 years, she's watched doomsday preppers. So. Like she's, she's got to escalate. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think it's the, I think it's probably the best last 20 minutes of the Halloween of any Halloween movie. I really do. Cause it's, it's the dramas there. Like this is, I mean, this is the first final battle between Lori and Michael. Like, the first final battle. That's that's yeah. <laughs> what? It's just funny. The first final. Battle. I know, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, originally it was already final because she was dead. Yeah, they wrote her out. <laughs> yep. Um, in this movie, he's not listed as Michael Myers. He's not listed as the shape. He's just listed as Michael, played by Chris Durant. It's just yeah, Michael. Dude. That's all it is. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. So I I personally rate that pretty high. Um, anybody have anything about H2O they want to last minute things they want to say? Oh, no, I'm good. We can go on to resurrection. Let's do it. Because uh, I think I think <laughs> I think resurrection is a lot short, of more. It is. Funny. It's only a, a technically because I got an hour and 20 minutes and 42 seconds before credits start for resurrection. No, for H2O. Is it one of the shortest ones? Yeah. 86 minutes. Yeah. Because they didn't waste. They, I mean, they, everything had purpose. They didn't waste any of freaking time in this movie. I mean, well, I the resurrection really was 94 minutes comparatively. Yeah. I will say this. As we get into resurrection, do you think the way they end H2O works without resurrection, but it also is a clever way of keeping Michael alive without being like, he climbed through a tunnel. He survived this. Well, Jamie Lee said when she did H2O that she wouldn't do it if it looked like Michael was coming back. So that's, my thing is, it looks like he's not coming back. Right. But they set it up. I mean, they set it up believable that he could come back. Like, um, 
and I, I was watching like I skipped to the end to watch the the final part. Like, yeah, it's set up like it works. You know, I, it's a cheap cop out, but it works if that's what you got to do. You know, yeah. Um, I hate the beginning of Resurrection. Yeah, like, and that's why that's, um, yeah. I don't want to say too much until it's my turn. What's that? I don't want to say too much until it's my turn. Oh, you're fine, buddy. Um, uh, so, 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 James, what did what did you like about this? What what, what didn't you like? Okay, this is so, a very well, controversial. I think, I think most I think most everybody agrees that they don't like the opening of of Resurrection. You know, there is like, something I do she, like. She doesn't have to to die to to make it go forward. Um, she was probably pissed and just wanted her character to be done with. Yeah, and that's, and that's why. Yep. So, um, well, what what do you say that you liked about it? Are you talking about the movie, or are you talking about the beginning? So, in the beginning of Resurrection, the, the only the only thing I like. So, what happens, listeners, is basically <laughs> Lori's in the nut house. Uh, Michael has Michael didn't die. Uh, Michael swapped bodies with a paramedic, and the person she chopped head off was an innocent paramedic. Innocent paramedic. Michael gets away. Lori's in the nut house. She's been waiting for Michael to show up. Michael shows up. Long story short, Michael kills Lori. Uh, he he stabs her, and then she falls off the top of the the, the roof of the nut house. And then the, the part that I like is in that nut house. There is a patient. I think his name is Harold. That is kind of obsessed with serial killers, and likes Michael. And Michael goes to his cell. And hands him his knife. And then walks away. Mm, So like, here you go, Harold. Go kill people. Like, but if you were to end H2O that way, and Michael just walks off in the sunset, it still would have sucked as an ending, but it still would have worked as an ending. Like, it still would have kind of worked. It's not as good as what they originally had for H2O. With him reaching out and like, Lori, help me, I'm your brother. But I liked him handing his knife to this dude. I, I, it's, it's one of the only things I like. But it's just killing Lori right away just sets the tone that this movie is not going to be like any other Halloween you've seen before, and we're going to do something that you're probably not going to like. Um, yeah. but James, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got to end wait, either way. You know, wait, it's got to end either she dies or Michael dies. I, point of order. Point of yeah. order here. Good boy. Okay. So Resurrection, we have Rick Rosenthal back, who directed Halloween 2. Okay. But what I'm surprised by, both him and Brad Minner both directed episodes of Smallville, with mm-hmm. Rosenthal <laughs> directing multiple episodes. And the one that surprised me is he directed Lexmas. One of my really? favorite episodes of Smallville. He, he directed Lexmas. Oh, Rosenthal nice. directed a, a total of seven Smallville episodes. That just caught me off guard. Like, wow, cool. So I was like, and I know he did it. I know he did it. It all goes back to Superman. It all goes back to Superman, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, you kids. So it's not like I. It's not like it's the worst thing, you know, to kill Jamie and then just just move on. Because um, how many stories can you have of sh- he comes after a family member, he dies, and then he doesn't and he comes after them again 
you know, how, how long can he persist, honestly? And, and that's kind of the question we get when we go into 4-0 as well. But um, yeah. uh, the fact that if, if you go that route the way this one does, what does Michael do after that? You know, um, Michael goes home. <laughs> so He's got like, nothing you, else to do. Yeah, so he goes home. Uh, and that's the thing that I like about this is it's home. He's home. It's just he's at his house and people come to his house. And that's why he get that's why he's killing everybody. So it's kind of like it's kind of just a a, a Michael free for all yeah. in this movie. I I I honestly <clears throat> God, I, I don't hate this movie as much as some other people do. Like it's I, I it's mean, probably a little freeing in the realm of Michael Myers, like yeah, always like, I like chasing it. family. <laughs> Say that again. He, is always chasing family, but how much fam- he killed them all? He has no family. Yeah, and I mean his family sucked anyway. <laughs> but but um, uh, also Tyler, go ahead, man. How many? Okay, so nine we established ninety eight was H two O. Yep. This is what four years later 2002 uh, this is in 2002 yeah yep. yeah so here we are new decade we're in the early 2000s okay um and i feel like in a way the idea of this film was just slightly ahead of its time um because they tried to be too hip and too of the now uh, with like the cameras and the you know the reality tv i mean this kind of plot feels more of like what it would be now where everyone has kind of like how I've said that screen four was ahead of its time. Yeah. But if you were to do screen four kind of now, it makes more sense than when they did it with the way people do live stream more everything. Um, but this one I watched with my same set of cousins, um, mm-hmm. ironically, because um, church cousins. Uh, and then the last time i watched this one i think it was like it was the only one that was streaming anywhere at its at the time and i was like what but okay um (laughs) the only thing i can ever like that sticks out in my mind from this is the fuck a tweet mother you know like buster rhymes fighting michael like this is this drop kicks him in the chest dude well, if you're looking at just if Black we're just power. still going, think about it. If we're still just going linear, linearly, yes, six jump the shark. And if we're continuing, if you're just watching these in order, not really thinking timelines or anything like that, this is where it's now the comedy. This is where it's now like this is a joke, and I can't take it serious. Mm. You know, yeah. um, and I, I, I've watched this one one time. I don't remember a lot of it. I would watch this again. Like if we were hanging out, the three of us right now, or if we were doing a live oh, watch yeah. right now, I'd watch Grab it again. Cause it'd be drinks fun. or watch it. Yeah, exactly. It'd be great yeah. to do that. Get some it, drinks one and of, just get shit faced and watch resurrection. <laughs> it's one that I would watch like that. Like we talked about like ones we would, or like six, I'd be like, oh, no, this one I would, because it's so bad hanging out with my friends and watching it. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't deny that it's not bad, you know, let's just, like it's let's not the say, greatest, but <laughs> this one, it's a fun one to watch. If they needed to kill Jamie Lee Curtis and they needed a sequel, let's just take my idea and we start this movie on October 30th, where John's graduated high school 
or, you know, it's the year he's, he's come home for Halloween weekend from college. He's with his mom and Jamie showed up. If we got to make a sequel, <laughs> you know, let's get rid of, if we had to kill Jamie Lee Curtis off, like we'll do it my way. Cause this, where, where did they plan to go after this? Like if you're going to, you're trying to revitalize a franchise and you got one sequel in mind, you're not really doing a good job. Yeah, this wasn't a this isn't a revitalized sequel. Um, this is just a cash grab sequel. You know? Amen. Let's brother. let's get another Michael Myers movie out there. Let's maybe up the body count. Let's, you know, make it a little a, a little funnier, a little less uh a little less serious. Um especially if the if the plan ended up being to kill Jamie Lee Curtis's character off, it's like well, <laughs> I, I just so I think the concept of doing a reality show in Michael Myers' house, I I, I, I think it's an interesting concept. It, it really is. But like another movie we're going to talk about in a bit, there's two different things in this movie, like the final encounter with Lori, just like it ends. And but the step, you know, reversed, like it felt like the beginning should have been part of another movie. And mm-hmm. then this thing in the house is the whole next chapter that, and the Myers house looks great in this movie. I'll, yeah. I'll give it that. Um, yeah. It's it shot well great. in the, it's shot well in the house. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I thought what I thought was really interesting and I wish they would have dwelled into more is this tunnel system that's under the Myers house. Like, where all does it go? Is this how Michael travels things fast? Is this how Michael's been surviving? He just, like, uses this tunnel system. They don't really dwell into it. They show, like, some weird things in cages, and, like, Michael was probably surviving on rats. It's just, it's it's interesting. Um, the <laughs> But when you, when you add these things, and then you add in, you know, not really Buster Rhymes, more like whoopa ass, you know, to, to Michael and he drops, kick him in the chest and it electrocutes him. And, you know, um, like, like I was watching that Def Jam fighting game. Remember absolutely. that? Or Shaq <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, it's, it's just, it, it, it's where it's, I'm with Tyler on this. This is it, where you can't really take it serious. Yeah. When you add in that type of comedy. Yeah. It's, it's funny though. Is a reality show the way to go, or should they have been like paranormal investigators, like Ghost Facers, and they yeah. go in there and they're trying there's things to, like, in this world like, that we'll never understand. Yeah, like, communicate with with Judith Myers and whatnot. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I should. Like, which would have been more of an interesting premise? Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. Um, I I don't think I don't think it's the worst Halloween movie. I I just feel like there's there's things that they should have separated into two different movies yeah just my it's opinion. the only movie that really releases michael myers from the from the familial ties that like drive him in every movie yeah. you know it's the only time michael really just gets to uh, besides uh besides the concept of of halloween 2018 when we get into it you know it's um when we get into it, it's, you know, Michael just on a killing spree, just Michael just killing people, mm-hmm. you know, you don't ever get that because it's always like, he's always 
following family. He's always going after family, you know, except for in the first one. That wasn't the concept. And well, that wasn't the idea. He's just, he's just a shark. He's just a shark, you know, going for the next kill. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you, you bring up a good point. Like it, it, it sets a new direction from where Michael can go. Like just defending his house, almost kind of like a Jason thing, defending the camp. Like it, yeah, just people are there, you know? <laughs> and, and then there's no family to deal with anymore. Like, I do wonder, like, where the hell is John in this? Because this follows, you know, this follows H2O. So where the hell is John? I would have yeah. liked something with John here. Um, but in this movie, in the credits, they put Michael Myers in the credits. It doesn't say Michael. It says Michael Myers again and played by Brad Lurie. Hmm. And uh, not going to be infused with, isn't the, isn't the guy that played Chucky the same name, Brad Lurie? No, Brad Dorif. Brad Dorif, my my Brad Dorif, yeah. He played Sheriff Brackett in the Rob Zombie movies. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was Brad Dorif. Yes. Yes. My apologies. Um, fantastic. Fantastic. Uh from and from what all all I hear, a fantastic guy as well. So you know what's you know you know what's funny? It's like like I met I met um Peter Mayhew. Okay. And at a comic con when I was a teenager, and he was a total a hole. Like, he was total jerk. Oh no! Like my little you hate cousin. When that happens. What's that? I just I said you hate when that happens. I know. Like this is Chewbacca, and my cousin went to him. Uh, my cousin was like maybe eight, and said, "Can you do the Chewbacca roar?" Like that's that's what this dude made money on. Like just do it. It's for a kid. I don't care if you've done it a million times that day. Like. It's a kid. The kid wants to hear it, you know? And you're Chewbacca. He wouldn't do it. He wanted us to pay him money. And mm. we walked away pissed off. Like, this guy's a dick. And then I see freaking Kane Hodder. And we talked to Kane Hodder, and he was one of the nicest dudes I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Like, he had, yeah. like, satanic tattoos all up and down his arm. <laughs> you know? You know? Like, right. Like, you know, have you thanked Lord Satan today? Whatever. But but he was one of the nicest freaking dude. He took pictures with us. Um, I don't know where those pictures went, but he signed an autograph with me and said, uh, thanks for talking with me, Brian. Don't forget though, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> like it's I have it, I have it somewhere. I, I um I yeah, I've heard that that he's just fantastic he's so personable he'll just talk with whoever comes up to talk with he's not just there to sign everything no. you know he's he always wears gloves while he's out there doing his thing people will yeah. get pictures but it's like a known it's a known fact like if you go to if you go to visit him if you go to meet him and you ask to be choked like he's going to grab your throat like he doesn't just do like a He'll actually go like, you know what I mean? And like grip because his hand is, he's a big guy, you know what I mean? So his hand goes halfway around your throat anyways. But like that's a real thing. Like he's just, he's going to grab you. He's not going to choke you, but he's going to grab your throat. (laughs) I, uh, I probably should have established a safe word. Right. (laughs) Just don't make make it flower. You're gonna say, yeah, you're saying flower, but you really mean flower, and he's he's just not gonna get it. <laughs> um so uh let's 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 touch on 
I thought about when we would touch on Halloween three. Um, but I think let, let's just touch on it now. Why don't we? Sure. Can I go first? Yeah. <laughs> um, I had not watched Halloween three ever. Really? Um, until last year. Okay. okay. Um, I, I had saved it at one point with my ex brother-in-law. They were showing it at the gateway cinema in Columbus and we were going to go. And then we ended up not going. Um, and so like, it was one of those movies like I wanted to watch around Halloween time, you know, um, so eventually last year, like everything was on Peacock, you know, and it's on Peacock again this year. And here's my thing. If you can step outside the idea of Halloween, that it doesn't have Michael Myers. I actually liked Halloween three. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of cool stuff in it. That's actually a movie that's on my, uh, movies that should be remade list because I think, and I don't want to jump the gun. I think a Halloween, if you're into a Halloween TV series, I think you can mine some things from Halloween three. Mm-hmm. Um, the name doesn't make sense. Season of the witch, because there's really not a real witch in it. I would cut well, that's out that. what those. That's what that cult is in there. It's, but They're witches. That, yeah. That, that's <laughs> semantics of stuff that doesn't make sense. I would make it a real yeah. witch's coven, like straight or a real witch. Um, and get rid of kind of the cult and the and trying to tie it to like the Celts. Um, I would do it differently. I'm not gonna spoil my idea, but I would do it differently. But I think other than like an old dude really hitting on a young girl, like you know, trying to slay that like about girl that's young enough to be his daughter. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I think season of the witch is cool. I think the ending is neat and very kind of not open ended. But it has kind of this, oh no, what exactly is going to happen? What happened ending? Um, and there's a lot of cool, like, of course, like the three masks, you know, make their way back into the Halloween franchise. Um, just, but they're never called the Shamrock masks or whatever. So I think the Halloween three is neat. Um, the first time they try to do an anthology. And I think, I think. <sighs> I don't want to jump to our end about what the TV series, but I think mining Halloween three and the idea of an anthology and do it kind of in the vein of like, let's say the film trick or treat where it's multiple storylines that connect on the same time. Um, Like currently Solomon and I and sailor are watching the new goosebumps series and this isn't spoilers. Don't worry. Um, but what it's, what's happening is there's an event that happens on Halloween night and some of the episodes go back and show you something else that happened at that on that night from a different POV that you didn't experience. And they're really, and then they'll jump back to the main timeline. So I think something like that could be neat for a Halloween series, but that's my thoughts on Halloween three. James, Ooh. what do you think, buddy? Um, well, I mean, Halloween three. Thanks, James. <laughs> now, now to sports. Um, Halloween three. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's funny that it. I mean, it, yes, it just it goes with the anthology. Um, you know, Michael Myers isn't uh, isn't a uh, person or a thing in that world. It's it's made. It's a movie. It's on the TV screen. Um, it's definite, it's definitely something different. Um, the, it's just, it's wild. It's a wild movie. I mean, you got Tom Atkins, like, 
like you said, sleeping with a college chick, like made me glad she was in college. Right. Um, (laughs) I saw a meme that, you know, that Drake meme where he's like, where he's like, no. (laughs) And then he's like, yeah. And it was, uh, it was the Drake meme. And he was like going no to his kids. And it was like to the, uh, chick in the, in the shower and his beers. It was like, yeah. (laughs) So, Dr. Chalice is is uh, a, a crazy character. I mean, you know, they they take a Stonehenge stone, yep, and transport it across the world, halfway across the world. Um, uh, the supposed witches, the the shamrock masks, um, it just melts their heads into snakes and bugs and stuff. Like, it's a totally wild movie, and the fact that it ends. In a way where like like one one station goes down, but it's all over. It's all over the station. So it's still just like gonna be like this mass, um, this mass murder, this mass death uh event that's gonna happen, and that's how it ends. Um I mean, as as a horror movie, it's pretty wild, you know, the things that they <laughs> do in it, you know. I mean, they the the machines, the robotic people. Like who kill who who kill and rip people apart in the movie? I mean, we get we could alter those to some sort of like, in my pitch, like a voodoo zombie Haitian zombie type thing. Um, I don't want to give my whole pitch away, but yeah, I just keep saying like I think there's there's more to mine from the Halloween three universe. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I I know obviously if you look at it as a Halloween movie because Halloween is synonymous with Michael Myers, you know, nobody, nobody likes it in that respect. But if you just watch it as, as a scary movie that takes place around. Yeah. (laughs) As a movie. movie, Halloween. Yeah. Movie for Halloween on Halloween. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's not a, it's not an awful movie. Um, it's a good eighties horror. It is a good eighties horror film. Yeah. Um, it's disturbing. It's mm. yeah. It, it really gives you some of those uneasy feelings. And, and that's why I think it's a, uh, a good, a, a good horror film. I think if you look at this movie as not make sure I use my wording, right. I hope so people know what I mean. If you look at it as a Halloween movie, as in the whole franchise, it doesn't work. But if you look at it as a Halloween movie, as the holiday, holiday. Halloween, it works. Like it, it, it hits all it, it hits all the Halloween type things. You know, it has you you have it at Halloween time. You got little masks. You got crazy spooky stories. You got you know mythology. You, you know stuff like that. It, it works. I think um, if you even remove the three, if it was just Halloween season of the witch. Yeah, would, yeah. Remove the you three. know what I mean. It it would just be that, and and I think it would sell just as as well. I, I would just I, I would agree. If I re if I were to remake it, it would be called like Season of the Witch. Like I would just call it that. Yeah, and I would take advantage of the song, <laughs> like in the opening credits, the Donovan song Season of the Witch, like that opening guitar riff. Ding, ding, ding. You mean not the song Two More Days to Halloween? Halloween. Oh, that, Halloween. That would be that would be in there. 
because it's catchy and it goes with the gimmicky. I mean, think of the world where we live in. Okay. Let me pitch this at you guys. I don't want to think of our world. Yeah, I know it's scary as hell. Um, if Amazon came with their own special Amazon limited Halloween masks, you know, free shipping, you know, yeah. if a company like that was, you know, sending out the masks all around the world fast, like, you know, yeah, that's, that's pretty mass di- distribution. So, yeah, it's like, so this is also the first Halloween movie that doesn't start on Halloween. It actually starts on October 23rd. It's the far, it, yeah, it starts the farthest. The rest of them, like the other ones might start like the 30th or the 29th. Like we might 23rd. get a scene. Yeah, this one's, this one's up there. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's interesting. It's like eight days. It starts eight days before Halloween. I, I put in my notes like, why not just do a week? Why why eight days? <laughs> you know, whatever. They're a um, Beatles fan. They're like eight days a week. <laughs> um, I, thought, I thought it was funny that we get the return of Annie. Well, you needed you needed need a different that extra role. day to bang the young girl, and then the rest of the time to figure out the mystery. I think I think you bring up a very good point, James. You do need that extra sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was funny that Annie comes back in a different role, like Annie from the very first film. She plays his wife, like the yeah. doctor's wife. That mean that really helps cement that it's on Earth too. Yeah, absolutely. Or Earth, Earth or three. Earth or whatever. three. Um, I thought that was interesting. Like Earth, James, and 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 putting in a different universe with having Halloween one on different TV. Exactly. Um, I one thing I don't like about this movie is I don't like how you don't have like Doctor Dan, if you will. Um, you don't have a protagonist really. Like Doctor Dan is a real piece of shit, and like like you can't root for him because he's running away from his kids. He's he's banging this like young girl. Like you just can't you can't you know you can't get on his side. Um, the interesting notes here I have here is uh, so Santa Maria, California was farmland. The town was founded in 1887. So after WW2, a wealthy Irishman, uh, Conal Cochran, converted it into a toy factory, Silver Shamrock Novelties. Uh, now giving over to the manufacturing and sale of Halloween masks, which is the largest in the world. Community is predominantly Irish. And he has CCTV watching the whole town. So what I thought was particularly freaking interesting is I I like, like, if we're going to make Halloween anthology series, I would like Michael's mask to be a shamrock mask. Yeah, totally. Like, it's just kind of pull it all together. Um, I think these masks look freaking awesome. Like the color on on them, like the bright orange, the green of the witch, like it's just the the mask looks so freaking good. Um, the the makeup work on people losing their faces and their faces blowing up looks pretty darn good. I kind of like it. Uh, the the Celtic thing and stealing Stonehenge and this whole entire. I think if you would have yeah. left out them stealing Stonehenge and made it like Celtic believers, because that goes back to Samhain and like 
-hmm. a huge origin of Halloween kind of helps pull it together, you know, but the fact they stole a piece of Stonehenge, that just kind of gets weird. I, I, I like, I just, I think that's pretty, pretty interesting. Like, I think there, I think this movie has a lot of potential for where they can go with story wise, um, especially when they go into the, that's the TV way and whatever they want to do. And, you know, the shared universe and stuff. And I think that Shamrock masks is really kind of like the link that should tie it all. Like yeah. it's that there's just these cursed masks and that's, that's how we're doing it. I like the uh, idea. Like nowadays, like if this was a real thing going back to like a modern day, like we're going to, you know, have this thing, this special show countdown to Halloween. Like you can watch on your TV, on your phone, on your watch, on your tablet, on your computer. Like, you know, the whole world's watching at the same time kind of thing. So everyone's tuned in. I think it makes it a lot more scary, you know? It's like the uh it's like the uh deceased virus. Every screen in the world gets hit. Mm-hmm. I mean people change like that. Yeah, I like I I, I kind of wanted to talk about this. I kind of I thought about talking about this movie before ends because of just how ends works is almost a whole different story. But let's let's. Well, they also go. use the Halloween three font. Yes. For ends. Yes. So showing they, you that you might have a seizure because it's flashing so much, but <laughs> but also that you were getting something a little differently. Yeah. Yes. Um. So. And uh, that's that's that. Now we get into the H40 timeline. All right. The probably one of the best timelines there is, if not the best. It, it depends how you feel. Halloween H40, if you will. Halloween 2018. What what, what do you what do you guys think about this? Um, do you think that scrapping the whole Lori as a sister thing was the right move? Do you think it was it wasn't the right move? Like what 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 did you feel about this? Like kind of going into it and uh and all the anticipation, James. Uh we can't hear you, James. My bad. I was muted. I apologize. Um, Yeah. 2018, uh, you know, finding out that they, that they had, that they were planning on scrapping that stuff. um, I was wondering where it was going to go. It had been such a big part of the series. um, Even come the zombie remakes, uh, you know, Michael was always Lori's brother. um, But so it was, it was just kind of going back to the beginning for, to, to one, um, the idea that he was just a killer, that um, that wasn't the case um, without complicating it. Because we do know that as, as a franchise that it weighted down, um, I think, as it progressed, you know, trying to connect it to family, trying to be some reason why he was always coming after a family member. Uh, the so Michael just showing up. I mean, when it comes down to it, I actually really enjoy this movie. Um, it's it's a uh, it's one of my top 
uh, Halloween films. Um, I think it's done very well. Um, I do love the idea where Michael is not. I like the idea where Michael is just kind of he kill he's killing everything in his path. You know, I I did talk about that with Resurrection. Like he's like a shark. You know, just just moving on to the next kill. Um, I like that concept in this movie, especially the tracking shot when they're when he's walking through the neighborhood, just in and out of houses, killing people one after another. Um, it's a fantastic shot. It's it's a great Michael Myers. Um, you know, the Michael Myers in this trilogy is really great. Um, uh, do you do you think do you think that Lori? was in the place was in the head space that she should have been 40 years later or do you think that she should have been in a happier place you know what i mean honestly that's really tough to say um you know it did happen in the 70s and for 30 years you know for 30 years still past that you know getting getting psychiatric help there was a stigma to that no, I'm I'm saying maybe within the last ten years, it's kind of become a more accepted thing that maybe pe most people should talk to somebody just oh, yeah. for a lot of reasons. I see what you're just yeah. traumatic experiences. I see what you're you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> that you should talk to somebody. Um, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mental health is is a real thing, and I think people are really starting to understand that in the past ten years or so. Um, like I said, there was a stigma on that. So she would have had that trauma and she might have not gotten help for it. If she let we it consider if we consider Haddonfield the way it is, the kids and the parents and all those people, everybody's assholes. So many, at least so <laughs> That's many. That's what you them. said on the first part of this. Yeah, at least <laughs> so many of them. I mean, we go to ends and those kids are terrible. Those I teenagers. Mean, <laughs> I'm just going to comment like, I think. <clears throat> if you look at it, that's the jumping point for the story. Um, if we, we kind of got an idea of how Lori coped in 20 years, she was functioning. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you want, you asked Brian originally, if doing it this way was the right call, I say, yes. If you're going to mm -hmm. bring uh, Jamie Lee back and you need to do some sort of a fresher spin, you need to er erase all that. Um, you got to find a jumping on point. Yeah. Um, Which and I think that was the right way to go. Because you stripped it back to being serious. Um, you have the commentary in it. If we're looking at just H40 um, about, yeah, Michael Myers was scary, but he only killed like, you know, five people one or four people one night, whatever it was. Uh <clears throat> And they make fun of not him. The, not the hundred body kill count. <laughs> right. You know, and it's it the hardest part with this film was going in and trying to in my headspace just connect it to the first movie. Like Michael only did the stuff in the first movie. And it's so I, hard to do. It's so hard it is to throw that all out of your mind. And um, like and Jerace said something great yesterday. He was like you know that they couldn't have done that you know without having the internet yeah because it helps so much like being able to tell people like yeah that doesn't count we're skipping this we're just counting this sequel 
I don't think that's ever really been done until this age where, you know, we, we, we think more like that and type. <clears throat> um, I, one thing I will say for this film and it carries the kills. I love the cinematography. I love the look. I love that they shot like as much as I'd love them to shoot in Illinois, they shot in North Carolina and it looks great. Like it really it looks great. Um, and that's something like, it feels like fall. Like it really feels like fall. Um, I still think David Gordon green was an interesting choice. Um, as far as a director. Yeah, yeah. I think one with one and kills, you know, I mean, I think he did a hell of a job. Um, I mean, even with ends, he did a hell of a job. It's just a questionable movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like, you know, H 40, Brian and I got to go see it together. Um, I like how they, they worked with getting Hawkins as a cop that was there to kind of help trying to introduce a new character that had ties to the first film. Um, so I'm trying to think, I, you know, the whole, the whole podcaster thing, I think is funny because, you know, we have people like it's become a trope in shows and stuff. People who do these true crime podcasts or whatever, who just kind of think like they're respectable journalists or whatever. And people should like, they just poke their nose into things like um, that was a big point in uh, the last season slash reboot of Dexter. And they brought it back was where's this girl who was a, you know, true crime po- podcaster coming in and annoying everybody and, you know, trying to be the press or whatever. So the fact that you have these two people, you know, um, coming in and, and, you know, I think part of what H40 was interested in you was the idea of Michael. Everyone takes him as not serious. Like, Oh, he's an old man who did this. How many years ago for five people? And he's washed up. And then when he gets freed, it's like, oh, snap. He's an old dude that is blind rage. So I like I was I was so worried about this movie until that opening scene. That opening scene, I was like, okay, all right. When the podcaster pulls out that mask from that bag and, and holds it out. And all the inmates are going insane, like just that being in their presence. Like, I mean, that made me wonder, you know, when I was thinking about theories for ends, that made me wonder, like, you know, is it a shamrock mask? (laughs) You know, does it hold certain power to it? And like him pulling that out and, you know, can you feel it? Can you feel it, Michael? Yeah, I... I thought that was oh, I thought that was such a great touch, and and the podcaster just walking to the very edge of that yellow line, to the very like maximum who could be allowed to walk. Um, I thought I thought that was such a great opening scene, and when he finds when he escapes and he finds the podcasters, and he's pulling it back on for the first time, and it's battered and it's old, yeah, and it's beat up. It's just. And and the mask, it looks so good. It looks, it looks so, so good. good. <clears throat> I mean, so good. Just the I mean that mask might look might look better than the original, but that might be pushing it. Mm. Yeah, it probably is pushing it. But it looks really good. Um 
I, I, some, some things I like, some things I wrote here though. Um, you know, Lori, they mentioned that Lori had two failed marriages before. Like, I almost wonder if that was like a slight possibility that she could have had other kids. Like, like that was like kind of hinting at Jamie and John, maybe. Um, I put that also that Lori calls him the shape for the first mm -hmm. time as in this movie. Um, uh, what else? The, well, uh, I think, I think the, um, the thing that they did pretty good in, in this trilogy was, um, s pulling Easter eggs from the, from the past things like the font at the beginning, the way the, the way the credits are in this film, like they are the original, um, very much like the original Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween. Um, and, and that idea of two failed marriages, you know, I think it's at least an Easter egg, uh, from the past, mm -hmm. you know, from the, yes. from the past timeline yeah. where she had one. You could take it more like child. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So continue on what you have next. Oh, you're fine. Um, uh, something that I thought was was interesting too is as he's walking through the houses, like in Halloween two, he steals a knife and he leaves that couple alone. Like we don't know if Harold got mayo or mustard on his sandwich, but he left him alone. And this one, he's like, "You're in my way, <clears throat> kill yeah. you," you know. And it it changed it changed the. I don't, I don't know if you want to say motives, but it changed, it changed Michael's style in this. You know, it's whoever's in his way in these movies, he's going to kill you. And the old and other ones, I thought, I, I always felt that never made sense in Halloween 2, how he left the old couple alive and then goes next door and he kills that one girl. So it made me wonder if Michael only kills somebody if they're alone or if he's provoked somehow. But. And this movie, they kind of throw that out the window. It's just who's ever in his bath. Yeah, I would say yes, but I not that Halloween 2 did it great, but the idea that he picks and chooses builds the suspense of what's he going to do. I like you that know, better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and this one, like, you know, we talked about like, up, uh, it's a sequel. You got to raise the, the body count and all that. Well, you got to look at this. Yes, it's a reboot, but it's a, it's still a sequel. So this is kind of number two. So <clears throat> even though it's the first of a trilogy, it's actually a quadrilogy. Um, so that elevation, because this is the idea of Michael starting to be unleashed. You know, you can really look at Halloween and kills as one big film, you know, and that's, I think that's something I really like about it. I think it, it works much better than Halloween one and two. So uh, I think that I think that um, he's got 40 years of of just killer inside of him. Um, he's been stuck imprisoned for 40 years in this in this film. Um, he was picked up that same night eventually, and, and he's been imprisoned for the last 40 years. So I think he's got a lot of killer in him um, kind of when he's out there like 
that first night he was kind of doing what you said. He was like toying, he was kind of picking, you know, but then he never had that choice again for a long time. Mm -hmm. So first thing he goes out, gets a little bit out of his system and then maybe beyond there. <laughs> do, do you, okay. Um, well, I was going to go right, uh, I'll go right uh, James, is there anything you didn't like about this movie? Anything you're thinking? Um, that you that you thought maybe was not a good direction. The 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 thing that I didn't particularly like was uh, how horrible the doctor was. Sartine, um, yes. yeah, uh, Sartine. I have his name. Yeah, I he, probably he, pronounced he it wrong. He like stabs him. Whatever. He stabs the sheriff in the neck. Um, he gives my. He releases Michael. He he points him towards Lori. Like, you know, that's, that's... I, I did. I, I liked the question that they raised of him just, you know, that Lori was there and and he was just like chasing her because he was trying to get her and he didn't get her. And it's not like he's back out to get her, but he's. I'm glad yeah, you brought that there. up. Like, That's because one of the main he things was, I want to discuss. <laughs> yeah, he was directed to her. I, yeah. I kind of yeah. like that idea, questioning, was he going to ever go for Lori if she just stayed out in the woods and, and never knew and she was and he wasn't directed that way? I think the point was the whole thing, she's obsessed with him. Yeah. That he's going to come for her. And in honesty, I think the way they do it is he doesn't care about her. She means yeah. nothing to him. And that's the big thing is she's obsessed over him that he's coming for her. And he's like, no, I, he doesn't care. Yeah. You know, we see in this, he's just trying to go back home, you know? And, um, and it is, it is Sartain that wants to see Michael and Lori, but, and he's the one that, you know, gets Michael to her and all this, but in all honesty, Michael's like, well, I'm here just to kill. I'm going to kill her. He doesn't care about who she is. And that's the big, that's the point is about how some people will take a trauma, a tragedy and it will obsess over it. And the, the, the people who inflict on the victims don't care about, don't care. Yeah. It'll define their life. And did he even recognize her when he came face to face with her again, you know, or was it just another blank face to kill? Right. See, I, I I I don't think I think Michael I think Michael does want to go after her. I think in his in his mind if she's like I think he does want to go. And, well, by and the, the end the they reason I think made that, it that way. What's that? I said by the end they certainly made it that way. Not the end of this film, but the end of the the series. Yeah, if you just like, look at this one, if you're just looking at this one, yeah, he's just killing because. Because if the case was that she got away, he would have went after everyone. He doesn't even know who's alive or who's dead. He hasn't been following up with anybody. Like, you know, he, so I you keep, see Michael I, on Google in the, yeah. in the psychiatric hospital. Lori Strode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Siri. Is Lori dead yet? <laughs> um, but I keep going back. Like, the whole point that they were trying to drive in this movie was that he doesn't care about Lori, that mm -hmm. she cares so much about him. She's obsessed her whole life about him 
knowing when he's being transferred, knowing everything, preparing. But and then the doctor just puts them together, puts the um, you know the, the stoppable force and the movable object together. But if you if you go back to that first movie, like and the whole case was Lori didn't matter. Mm-hmm. I can't agree with it because when she goes to this house, he could have just let it go. She was in front of his house and that was it. But he pursues her because she went to his freaking house. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll go with that. But I also look at he was, you know, what the whole point was he was hunting. He was the babysitter murder and he was going after them. But she was protected by the rules of the, you know, of being the sweet and innocent. And the whole story was innocence and goodness overcame evil um, in the first film. And, but I mean, you definitely have a point. Like if the whole idea is because they talk about his yeah. house, like he's protective of his house, who's in his house um, yeah. and everything. But I don't think he would go and seek to kill her after 40 years. He has no conscience. I think he's just going home. And if anyone's there or if anyone, you know, comes at his house, then he'll kill him. Cause I mean, that's kind of what happens in kills. <laughs> so I just think it's a contradictory motive here because because if he didn't care, then why did he go after her in the first place in the first movie? Like, there had to be some reason why he, he wanted to kill her and wanted to go after her. And and then to just be like he didn't care, I can't say I fully disagree um, or, or, or agree with that. I'm sorry. But he also waits till the, she's the last one he goes after. If he was really after that bad for being in his house, he would have went after her. But he was stalking her for being in this house. So, I mean, it works. But I just feel like after the forty years, maybe I don't he's know. Moved on. Yeah, like he. But she has. Like he's just going home now, like, and that I think. But that's the whole her holding on and him letting go. I think is part of the bigger story of like talking about trauma. And yeah. people's reactions to trauma and how they will let it define their lives and the perpetrators will move on. Yeah, I I I think I think you totally agree that Michael Michael has moved on. Like, well, I mean he's he's he doesn't really care anymore. He might have cared then, but he doesn't really care now. I, I, I think I think you're right. Um Tyler, is there anything that you didn't like about this movie? I just I, I didn't like the way they did Sartain. Like I could understand yeah. I can understand his character being obsessed and hearing Loomis talk about how he's evil and he's this, you know, because we, we can kind of gather that's how Loomis would talk throughout the years after just watching the first film about Michael. And then wondering what Michael would be like now. And then wanting to get Michael and Lori together kind of as a experiment but like him putting on the mask and stuff like that i felt was like a little too far um so i i mean that's kind of where i feel like the movie like it starts great it goes great for a while and then there's like in the middle kind of gets bogged down a little bit um so but yeah i i want to would do you think the movie could have benefited if 
if the podcasters would have got Lori to go to the mental hospital and then that's what made Michael react? Or do you think that would have hurt the movie? Because I all like I think I said to you a good many times, Tyler, like talking like as we were waiting for the next movies to come out, like I I kind of almost wanted that scene where where Michael sees Lori after all these years. And and that's kind of like that's kind of what made him made him kind of escape or well we know Sartine made you know had yeah, to escape. But, but, but if they would have done that, that goes that defeats the whole she means nothing to him. Like agree. The trauma yeah. story. Um so because because I think part of this is if the other films were defined by the Lori Michael connection. And in this, it's Lori who's forcing the connection. Like she's keeping that, like I survived, I'm the survivor. She's keeping that connection alive. Well, to him, that's not what it is. So, yeah. Um, I thought the ending was pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, how, and with them saying the trap for Michael and having that ready, uh, the battle in the house was really good and sending him a blaze in the basement and him just standing there as the flames go and him just looking up at Lori. I, I thought that was a freaking awesome ending. And, and then, and then for that to kind of, as we transition into kills, the, the, the opening of the fire hydrant, the fire department going to her house and her being like, no, no, <laughs> you know, um, I thought that was a, that's a, that's a really good transition, like going right into it. Um, any last minute things about 2018 Halloween? Anybody? The one thing was, even though the way they set it up at the end, we knew that wasn't the end because they'd already oh, start yeah, talking about like, it was going to be a trilogy. So <clears throat> we went into the film with the idea that it wasn't going to stop there. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, you're right. We knew we were going to get more to the story. So for that being the first chapter and ending that way, like you're right. That's the first time we're going into a Halloween movie, knowing that we're getting more right from the get go. But if you're, if you're making a movie and you're worried about, people analyzing it and gathering news and overthinking your movie before they even go to see it, you're going to write yourself into spirals and you're never going to, you know, end up in a good place. So if you write for the general audience who goes to Michael, the new Halloween movie, just to see Michael burning to death at the end of the film, you're like, awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like didn't they say didn't they say that they had like an idea in mind that they were waiting to see how people reacted to twenty eighteen yeah, before they, they wrote kills and then seeing how people reacted to kills before they wrote ends? Well, originally they had said they had the idea to do the trilogy, but they were waiting to see how the people react to this one and then they were gonna do the next two back to back. Yeah. But then COVID happened, of course, and that and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to ends. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, they they left it with that open because like 
Brian and I watch through the credits at the very end of the credits. You hear him breathing. It's like raspy voice, raspy breath. Um, so yeah. So, all right. Halloween kills. Some people really love this one. Some people don't. James, which one of those people are you? Um, I mean, I would lean more towards the um, the like side. I wouldn't say that I love it. Um, as a film, like I said, I, I, it doesn't stand alone, mm-hmm. uh, really. It's um, it it the beginning. It sure you know, like him getting out with the firefighters, which, in my opinion, I mean, it's a great scene, but it does elevate Michael to like jason supernatural levels you know post when he comes back to life you know (laughs) like having going against a whole bunch of people and and just taking them all out uh one thing i do like about this movie is definitely how how much more brutal michael is in this film he is very uh, he's he's usually mean. He's usually pretty brutal, you know. I mean, he when he grabs somebody, he doesn't just smash their head down once. He repeatedly bashes it against the wall. Um, you know that that is Michael. He's he's pretty he's pretty uh, uh, intense with his kills. Uh, goes a little overboard. Um, but and so you get to see a lot of that in this film it doesn't stand alone it kind of it gives you michael walking off into the sunset at the end uh, nearly you know he he kills a whole bunch of people again after they've already beaten him and i don't know why they didn't shoot him and stuff but they just repeatedly beat him and stabbed him they just need to shoot him six times (laughs) he should be dead but he gets up and then he kills a whole bunch of people and then walks off. Yep. Like they, I mean, they could have shot him from a distance. I mean, like you got, the, you got the, uh, the empire winning at the end of the second film. <laughs> I mean, you know, th- this is like you said, this movie suffers because even not looking at the first one, this is the middle chapter, you know, and then it is very much, the middle chapter sequel of a trilogy, but I do, I do like it. Um, uh, I actually want to watch the H4O trilogy again. Um, I haven't, I haven't gotten the chance this Halloween season yet. Um, but, uh, I do like kills. Um, it's interesting the way they take it, the way that people, it's it's it goes it furthers that trauma storyline from the first one and from from Lori, uh, the uh, Tommy in the bar, the nurse from the first one, uh, she returns again. So, and Lindsay and yeah, and Lindsay. Yep, and and Lindsay, yeah, and Sheriff Brackett. Yeah, it it touches everybody, you know this the type of tragedy and and what happens around them it touches everybody and they all they all keep it alive by talking about it every year. I mean, yeah, I don't want to let you. It's an interesting, it's an interesting concept and an interesting, uh, bunch of characters. And like I said, I like, I like Michael in this movie. He's pretty brutal. (laughs) So. 
is there is there anything you felt like like this this was not a good way to continue this story i mean you or know things that, that were revealed that you were like yeah um yeah i mean just the lynch mob and stuff i mean the the repeated evil dies tonight the chants and everything um got a little much for me <laughs> at one yeah. point i was like okay guys hey i mean i guess the lynch mob's got to keep the energy going right absolutely yeah i mean i mean look at what they accomplished in halloween four you know they shot an instant person and and they shot Michael down into the shaft. <laughs> James would give him a different shaft. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tyler. Okay. Halloween kills. So Go. I think kills works in the sense of it increases the brutality uh, that we're ramping up to. You know, it's like he's been freed and we're seeing what he has been building to do. Um, they do really well with setting off and checking the boxes of how he could have survived that fire by setting that up in the first film without us really paying attention. There's a lot of interesting little characters in the first film that appear in kills that we didn't even catch, like the nurse and the doctor, the husband and wife characters. We see them in the first one uh, that the, the black lady and her husband who get attacked was the cemetery groundskeeper in the first one. Oh, um, so things like that that connect the two the two are really good to watch back to back um i i like kills i think cinematography it looks great i think one of the smartest things they did was the opening of kills where it goes back and shows us what happened the rest of that halloween night um because we needed to see how michael got locked up because if you're just going off the first movie, he just disappears. So this shows us how they capture him at the house and how they set up the whole thing about him coming home and him standing and looking over the town and everything from him. Um, so that really cements that like that's needed, you know, in the storytelling. This, it's a long movie, um, first of all, for being a horror slasher film. But as far as I like how they bring the shamrock masks they're in this film and all the other characters that appear. I'm with James. The evil dies tonight does get a little old. It is a little too much. Um, the other, the only, the thing I don't like about this one is I hate the firefighter scene because, why? To me, because to me that just takes it to a new level of, because the whole, like you're, with the last minute, you're kind of in the sense that this is believable. This guy is just a serial killer. But the fact that he slaughters a crew of firemen with axes and hoses and he gets hit by water, that water pressure is extreme. Okay. The fact that he can take that and then he comes out in a very like, it almost makes, it almost tries to flip it that now you're cheering for Michael. Like, yeah, he's going to do some, you know. I've been hit uh, by a fire hose before. And let me tell you. Yeah, no mortal man. So I mean, could withstand that very well. You you look at footage of when they use those in riots and stuff and protests and take people down. Like the fact that he, like, if it had just been the firemen show up and they're leaving and Michael comes out and takes out like a couple of them 
fine. But the fact that he like comes out ready to take on the whole squad, that was too much to me where I was like, this doesn't, you're now you've, you've, you've done a great job of taking him back to being believable. And now you're escalating him back to being almost supernatural. And the whole point was we were, we were, we were coming out of the Halloween six (laughs) supernatural phase. Um, So I hate the firefighter scene. I just do like, to me, it, the water they hit him with when you see it, it's like, yeah, that's not a fire hose. <laughs> right, right. Like it looks like a fire hose first spraying, and then when it's hitting him, that's a drastic change in pressure. <laughs> so I mean that scene to me just feels like it belongs in a different movie, like you said, like a Jason type scene. Mm-hmm. Um and then um and then the ending about this film. Now, have you guys ever watched the extended cut or the alternate cut or whatever? Yep. In that I think one, it's the only one I've watched. See, now that one is when it ends where Lo- Lori talks to Michael and says, I'm coming for you. And she she exits the hospital holding the knife, going after him. Yep. And that's important to bring up because that is what we were led to believe what the next movie would be, which it's yep. not. So they cut out that and then and then you know, the regular is Michael gets the last kill by killing Lori's daughter. So. And then goes and he's looking out the window again. Yeah. Cause she's standing there and he comes up behind her yep. and kills her. And that's where it ends. And the, the, I will say that Halloween 18 Halloween kills. They're not fun movies. You know, they're not fun. Like they're not fun. Like, you know, Halloween kills is an interesting look at like mob mentality and brutality and like a town's fear. And, you know, it's, it's a meditation on fear and what we do because of how they kill that other inmate, because I think that's Michael, um, you know, the ugly penguin looking guy um, and how that just goes crazy um, compared to like, I mean, H2O has fun in it, you know, like when, like we said, when John punches him in the face and stuff, but this is about brutality. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so it's, it's probably like, I think this one is the darkest, um, film and we'll, maybe when we get to the next one, we'll talk a little bit about it. Um, but yeah. So I think like, so what threw me off is I think it's in the unrated version or it might be in both versions. Like when you get the transition to going back to 78 there's no like title that says 1978 it just takes it just goes there right away yeah it does and that's what threw me off the first time i saw it because i was like wait where are we what is going yeah, we on? we were so thrown off like what's going on and we, then we come back to that first night and we get this story with hawkins who clearly was freaking dead in 2018 oh yeah yeah he didn't get run over yes as yeah. well and they brought him back. Yeah. And and then we add this story of like, he accidentally shot his partner and that's why, and like, and then Michael killed his partner. And then, you know, we, Loomis could have shot Michael and ended it, but he basically screwed up everything. And that's, so he vows to kill Michael because he's the reason Michael's still ticking. I think that's interesting. And him having a bit of a love story grow with Lori, I thought I thought was interesting too. Like yeah. bringing them together with trauma, 
Um, I don't like that Lori really doesn't do anything in this movie, but in the sense in my head for building up that finale, it's somewhat okay. Yeah. Somewhat if okay. If you're looking at this, the middle chapter. Yeah. And it's, it's like Lori kind of almost sits this one out and it's about Allison and the, and the other survivors, Tommy, Lindsay, the nurse, um, Hawkins, it's their story. And then with the way that one ending is going to the third one to being like Lori's return. So like when I first saw this one, I, I didn't really like it a lot. Like I thought, I thought it was a mess of a movie. I thought story-wise it, it added some other things that didn't really work. I, I was mad that Lori wasn't doing anything. Um, I felt like I, I felt that having Tommy come back as a character was interesting, but I felt when you, when you get to them, I felt originally watched this movie. When you get to that mob scene, like James said, it, it just, it ruins everything that they kind of built. And like, we get this whole thing of how the town has been affected by this trauma too. It's not just Lori, it's affected everybody. And then they just go up to him and he just kills everybody. Um, I would have done that a little differently. Yeah. It's just because if you're going to have him slaughter all of them, I would have made it. So they either think that they won or there's less of them or something. And it's just a couple of people. Um, I would have made it a little bit better than how they do it. Because once again, this is where they try to make Michael too much of a badass instead of making it just an old man who's a serial killer, you know? So, and, and, and it just, but so then watching another time, watching it again before ends came out, you know, what was in my head and thinking of that ending with Lori grabbing the knife, like I'm coming for you, you know? So putting it in that perspective that, okay, the first movie was <coughs> he didn't really care about her and he's just doing his thing. And he, but he's still a man mm-hmm. like putting that he's still a man. And then in this next movie, no, He's not just a man. Michael is Michael is something totally different. He is the embodiment of evil. He's not going to be able to be stopped. And Laurie taking that back seat, and then at that final scene, like, I'm coming for you. It's just, it builds up to that finale, which made me so excited for Halloween ends. Because I'm like, how the hell is Lori going to stop this guy? If the whole town can't stop him, if all these firefighters can't stop him, if mm-hmm. the flames can't stop him, how the hell is Lori going to be able to do it? And he killed, he just killed her daughter. Like, is there something with the house? Because he comes, keeps going back to Judas' window. Like, what's going on? I got me so freaking excited for the finale. The final battle between Laurie and Michael, and we get what we got. (laughs) And you know, um, so let's get right into it. Well, I mean, like, so just on the end of kills, like sure, they they Hawkins is back in the hospital with Laurie and he's telling her, like, Michael wasn't coming for you. It was the doctor who uh who who took him to you um you know and and how everybody's like he's coming after lori because she's at the hospital but he goes Mm -hmm. nowhere near the hospital he's not after lori 
Like it's reinforcing that idea that it's not, it, it it's their trauma that's keeping um, them obsessed with him, you know, but he, he's out there doing what he is doing, um, but he's not coming after Lori. Um, but yeah. then, and then, so that's, that's the end of kills, but then we go into ends and, and now like, like he's after Lori again. Yeah. And <laughs> he doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know what he wants out of the relationship. Like right. most guys. <laughs> My ends, uh, so we went last year to see ends. I was pretty pumped. We were so pumped. And I just remember we were sitting in the theater and, and I want to step back and say, like, I I swear I read like the idea of this original trilogy was going to be that it all happens in one night. Like it's the same night. And I feel like with the ending, because I had rewatched kills beforehand, but I had watched the extended cut. And you know, it ends with Lori. I'm coming for you. Which and all really that. shot me down a little bit because seeing that as the only ending, I'm coming for you, Michael. And then in the beginning of it, she's like, we just have to move on. Yeah. You know what so, I mean? Like he's been gone for yep. what, five years or something. Yep. And, so, and <laughs> you know, my whole thing was, I told Brian, my whole theory was, you know, it's, it's her coming for him. It's like an hour and a half tight hour and a half movie, almost like in real time. It's Michael on his home. He's making a run. It's more of, Lori chasing him and then the film ends as they're battling like kind of as the sun comes up on you know November 1st and she's stabbing him and he he dies you know however they do it you know just enforcing like Halloween ends like the holiday ended he ends and it's done um and I was like okay that'd be awesome like one you know this trilogy all takes place in one Halloween night uh, <clears throat> but that was not the film we got. Definitely not. It's, we went, we so, went to the theater, and I just remember sitting there, and they had that opening scene with the tragedy that befalls um, Corey and how he kills that kid. And I just remember it was just so much. I was like, oh, my God, that after that, like I just didn't really enjoy anything. Like It was just so horrible at the start that I was just like, dang, this is just horrible and then you know i think the cinematography for halloween and halloween kills is awesome i love the setting and then this one's you know stark because this is in georgia you know so it doesn't even feel like the same had and feel we've had for the past two films and i said this the other night if you had done the opening of this film of laurie versus michael and then the Corey story it would it would have been fine um, but the fact that you just do this Corey story and you make this like, this is, it feels like this is now your reboot, like, and you're telling another story, right? Like you're telling a story about like this trauma of the town and, and all this. And I'm just like an evil, like, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know what? I'm not buying this movie. First of all, because you're going to tell me for 40 years, Lori set chilling obsessed with michael and it ruined her life but he kills her daughter and he kills tommy and all these other people and now she's okay to just move on now she's okay let's big pies everything's fine now she's now she's perfectly fine with her granddaughter who's traumatized as well who, who lost her who lost her mom her dad her boyfriend 
all of this and she's okay now? Like, no, I'm I'm not buying it. No, it's bullshit. Like, she just got over her trauma like that. No. So. No, because like, and and they can blame it on COVID all they freaking want, but this is what this is what they had in mind. It is what the, it's totally what they had in mind the whole time. COVID. I mean, COVID. All it did was, you know, make it so the, that they might look a little older. But I mean, come on, Lori looked older in Halloween too than she did in one. And we're supposed to believe that's the same night. It's movie magic. You know, like, but like you said, if she would have started 40, Halloween 40 or H40, whatever, bacon pies after 40 years, sure, makes sense. But then the resurgence of Michael caused her and the five years to make her house like that. And and being, you know, this whole tactical battleground makes Connor. sense. Yeah. That makes sense. But like to just, you know, you lost all this stuff. You don't know where Michael is you, before he was 40 years in a nut house. Now you don't know where he is. Now you just want to bake pies and yeah. you know, take knitting class and you're comfortable maybe with have a relationship with Hawkins. Yeah. No. You're comfortable with him being at large somewhere disappeared. You're celebrating Halloween. Your daughter was massacred. You're still in the same town. Get no, the hell out of here. None of that worked for me. Allison, all of a sudden, going for the bad boy Corey, didn't work for me. Nope. She's traumatized. Fine. Corey's story was fine. Like, but like I said, that was if you were doing the reboot. Like, this was a new spinoff. Like, if if you had started this film with Lori versus Michael, had had her kill Michael in the opening scenes, mm-hmm. and then had something where um, the mask gets lost. And it falls into the sewer or whatever. And then you like go fade to black credits, open up on the Halloween the next year. And that's when the Corey thing happens where he kills that kid. And then you, you do a reverse, years. reverse opening of resurrection. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie is Corey dealing with the pull of evil and like how the idea that the shape of Michael is gone. And now the new shape takes form and this evil is inside. Like, that's that would work like uh, okay what pisses yeah, the idea off the that, it, the, that he oh, passed okay. the evil on to him like he wasn't evil until michael started choking him and then like what they shared into his eyes and like they, well yeah. i think I, I think i said to you guys like while watching the end trailer i was like he looks in michael's eyes and it transfers that's yeah. what this whole story with this Corey thing is i'm telling you guys we're in for something scary like not good scary, like word scary. And, and that would have been fine if like Corey maybe like if you would have had Corey around or something, like Michael ran into him like during that final battle with Lori, and like the idea is he transferred it before he died. Mm-hmm. Before Lori killed him or something. Sure. What what's or the most was, what's the biggest power bullshit other than the whole Corey thing? The biggest power bullshit is that Corey dies. Like <laughs> Yeah, to, to to spend ninety minutes, almost two hours, with this whole freaking character, not getting Michael, you know, getting Michael as whatever retired Batman, you know, Frank Miller wrote this movie, whatever, um, you know, and getting getting Corey as like the new the new Michael, whatever, and then just kill Corey at the end negates everything that we just built everything that we just did this whole transfer of evil it's it's like yeah they killed it's like they were they were making a whole different movie 
kind of rebooting the whole story. And then they're like, oh, wait a second. We didn't do this final battle with Michael and Lori. Okay, get rid of this guy. Kill him. Kill him. Michael, yeah. come on, buddy. Let's do this. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they kill Corey. Then Michael takes back over, and then they finish it off. And you're like, oh, so Halloween ends because of this? What? You, I don't Evil dies tonight. <laughs> it just it was not the 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 sequel the trilogy ended that we were promised. Yeah. Uh, you know we all that build for nothing. If, if I remember right, didn't all three of us watch Halloween Kills on Peacock? Like when it, I think so, because I, I know you we, and I went to see in theaters though. Not Kills. We watched it on Peacock because we both watched. Oh, it. Kills on Peacock, yeah. Because we watched it and then we all went to the Comic Con the next day. But Kills you and or ends you and I were pumped for, and we went we were there opening night like that yeah. Thursday. And I was, we were pissed. <laughs> we're so, oh my I God. I don't think I've ever been so pissed after seeing a movie. And like, I'm. And we saw Green Lantern. I'm not a Halloween <laughs> diehard fan. Like, I'm just, I'm a casual, you know, viewer. So like, I wasn't as invested into it. And I was pissed. Because <laughs> um, I just felt like they just tossed away the whole mechanics of everything they had built. It felt like this was almost kind of a, a an H2O-esque sequel again where it connects to this but it doesn't have to connect to this we're rebooting and then are they hand, like it just would have made so much more sense to do the opening scene with michael's death and then kind of hand the movie off to allison and Corey and let that kind of start to be their thing where he becomes the new shape of evil and i mean i really feel like they tried to cement like i said this movie back in the idea he was just a a murderer. There was no supernatural element. You know, we, we were kind of going for this more realistic serial killer. And then the whole idea of him staring in the eyes and transferring the evil starts to get once again, back to the supernatural element. And it just, it just, I watched it the one time in theaters and I'll probably never watch it again. Yeah. I, I think the only part of the movie I will watch again is that last scene, like the last battle. Uh, um, I will, you know, I'll just fast forward to that. Um, but it's just, it's, it pisses me off because we started so strong with Halloween 2018. And then we took it up a notch and made Michael this unstoppable machine. Like, how are you going to defeat this guy? And then it's like, you know, it's almost like a Return of the Jedi type thing. Like we have this unstoppable empire, and then we're we're just going to defeat him with Ewoks. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's like you know this. It's it's just it's I'm so pissed off by how much builder was for this final battle. And we then, saw him. Yeah, I was gonna say we saw him as this massive, brutal machine in kills. And then the next time we see him, he's this feeble he's old so man weak. hiding in the sewer for five years, just hiding in the sewer. And I'm it's like, an, it's an absolute disrespect, disgrace to Michael as a character, Michael as a villain, everything we built, everything we're trying to do. Um, and I think the only thing I kind of would have been okay with the Corey story is if he would just survived. And and honestly, if he would have kept his scarecrow mask, like that simple scarecrow mask 
with the innocence of it was mm-hmm. kind of I was kind of it was kind of working for me. Like I was trying to I was trying to like this movie. I was, <laughs> but but and and I don't think I don't think it's necessarily an old man mentality, like you know, or a film geek mentality that we just hate this movie because that's you know we're gatekeepers or whatever garbage you want to say. I, I'm sorry, the movie was bad <laughs> because because of how it was built and mm-hmm. and it didn't deliver on what it needed to do. Um, and it was any long, other too. thoughts? Any other thoughts on this, boys? James, like, you guys um, yeah, haven't you even let that. me talk. <laughs> What's that? He's like, screw you guys. <laughs> Just sitting back and listening. Listening and listening to the vitriol. Um I mean, you know, the movie, it's it's yeah, it's it wasn't so it wasn't what it was billed to be, which is always disappointing. You know, yes. I mean, you don't want to tell the audience what's gonna happen, but you also don't want to tell them something's gonna happen, then it's just completely different than what you said um that just that Most every time kind of disappoints it. people pisses people off um i mean the movie you get this shocking opening you know that the, opening the, was really good yeah how that kid died was like whoa i mean it like it made me like oh i feel uncomfortable oh shit uh i have it on over here <laughs> <laughs> just watch nah, the kid. That fall. kid was a little shit. Let him die. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, super shocking opening, and then um, yeah. The the movie is like such a this slow build. Um, you spend all this time with Allison and Jeremy, uh, uh, and and it's it. Jeremy kind of seems like he's gonna be Corey. Corey, Corey, why do I keep saying Jeremy's See, the, the kid? Movie pissed you off so much you don't even care what his name is. Yeah, Corey. Um, Corey Feldman. He was. Uh, you you saw his fall. It's just and and the turn he took. It was in you know it, it's an interesting concept when they went to that supernatural route. Um, you just wonder why they went the supernatural route, and then in the end they just basically make him a man and. He gets killed by Lori and and Allison. Um, it's really kind of all over the place, and you know maybe it was, who knows? Maybe it's too much time for them to try and overthink it and overcomplicate it um, throughout the whole time. <laughs> I I don't know. Um, you know, some people do things better with time some people don't you know and maybe halloween ends is one of those things that got ruined with the time whereas terrifier 2 got built up and improved with the time it's yeah it's just there are some parts of it where that do work for a fitting ending like just the last 20 minutes or so does work as an okay ending but like it does I uh, yeah I mean and, and you see you see Lori be able to possibly be happy you know with Hawkins you see her really kill Michael like Michael's he he, yeah, he gone boy um mm-hmm. I like how it ended with the mask on the table um and didn't Lori say that evil just changes shape like did she say the line that we wanted her to say 
I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. I wanted her to say it. Cause that's what I wanted the story to be is like the idea that Michael's dead, but evil will be back in a new shape. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it didn't go the way we wanted to. And that is 45 years of the Halloween ladies and gentlemen. Um, so James, how do you rank these movies? Like, did you, did you happen to make a ranker? I did make a ranking. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm curious. I, yeah, I got it right here and I'm bringing it up. I'm getting mine. This um, I did bump through our talk. I did bump up Halloween kills one spot. So, Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah. So what you've seen, it just bumped one spot, but, um, I give it to you here. I got, uh, I actually have, uh, Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers as, Number 13 in last place. <laughs> um, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers in 12. Um, I have Halloween 2, Zombie 2 in 11th. Oh, okay. H2. H2. <laughs> yes. Um, Actually, and I would actually switch these now. I would put uh, Halloween Ends in 10th place. And Halloween 4, the, cur- uh, the Return of Michael Myers in 9th place. Oh, okay. We got Season of the Witch in 8th place. Uh, Halloween Resurrection in 7th. <laughs> Halloween Kills in 6th. H2O is fifth. Halloween 2 is fourth. Zombies Halloween is third. 2018 is second. And the original is number one. Yeah, you're not you're not too far off from from mine, but Tyler, what you got, buddy? Okay, so starting with number 13 uh, is H2. Then uh, Resurrection. That's similar to a lot of people. <laughs> then the curse of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Then Halloween ends. Really? Okay. And then Halloween five. Halloween four is number eight. Number seven is season of the witch. Six is kills. Five is Halloween two. And then my top four. Uh, numbers two through Number two, three, and four could probably shift around depending on how I'm feeling. But number four is Rob Zombie's Halloween. Number three is H2O. Number two is Halloween 2018. And then, of course, the first one is number one. That's not going to change. But Yeah, no, I think think most people's list, even, even if like H2O or something was the first one they saw, when they see the original, they're like, yeah, that's that's definitely. It's just the first one's just so plain and simple effective no i think i think i think our lists are are somewhat similar uh for number so i have 14 on my list because i producers cut i put the producers cut in there yeah so 14 i i did make some adjustments i made one adjustment um so number 14 i put halloween to rob zombie because (laughs) i can't even finish the movie it, it's just when he sees his mom in the white horse, I just, I'm done. 
Yep. I, I just I can't continue. It's just what the hell is this? Uh, number thirteen in Halloween ends because it makes me so pissed off. <laughs> um, number twelve is the theatrical curse of Michael Myers. Number eleven is the producers. I thought it was a little bit. I, I got I rank it a little bit higher only because you get more of the story. Uh, but that's it's and it's not that much. It's barely hanging in there. Um, next, I have Halloween five because I feel that's where everything really jumps the shark and goes to trash. Uh, number nine, I have Halloween three because I like Michael and I there's no protagonist really, and it's you know. Uh, then I have Resurrection on number eight because it's still a Michael movie, and I do somewhat like the concept of him guarding his house. Like I, I kind of that's okay. Uh, then I have Halloween four because I look at Halloween four as kind of like if you just look at it as a standalone Michael movie, it kind of works. It's it's not as bad. Uh, I have Halloween two as number six. I have Halloween Kills as number five. And then my top four are number four, Rob Zombie's Halloween, number three, H2O, number two, 2018, and number one, the original. No, oh, your top four the same as mine. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's definitely the way to go. So, uh, lastly, boys, we've just received word a year after Halloween ends that Miramax has got the rights for Halloween kind of, I guess, one more time. And they want to do a shared TV universe of Halloween. So, James, starting with James, where do you want Halloween to go? What do you want them to do? Do you even see Michael Myers as Halloween anymore? So, I mean, Michael Myers has always been Halloween to me. Um It'd be interesting. It's curious to think if they went like that anthology type story route. Um, that was uh, the original like sequel concept um, beyond the first one. And I can see that working in different ways because of things like American Horror Story. Sure. Uh, you know, there there's an audience for that. Um, and I think if it does go that route, we might get some, some, we might be able to get some sort of Michael Myers in a different way. Um, who's to say it, it's, I, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll abandon Michael Myers in, in that respect, because I think he's, he's too much the face of Halloween, you know? So I think I I don't know what kind of story to consider that they would do because he can't just be he can't just be a mindless killer because that doesn't continuously work you know for a show for even for a franchise you know they had to do other things yeah that's that's why we get such this convoluted yeah history and layers and. So I I definitely I'm just not sure what routes that they would take with 
uh, I don't know. Like, you know, we've done that family route. We've done some familial connection um, multiple times in multiple different ways. Um, I mean, heck, in my opinion, if you, you know what, come to think of it, in my opinion, if you want to kind of do it in an anthology type way, you could do Michael Myers going after um, John, going mm-hmm. maybe uh, going after the the ba- Jamie's baby, <laughs> uh, who's all grown up. Um, have Allison somewhere. I mean, you could do an anthology that way, or maybe tie it all together, and it's about. I don't know. You can't have Michael if he's already if he's dead going after all of the grandchildren or all of the children and grandchildren. Well, see, okay. My pitch would be you make it like each episode, you make it like an anthology, but you make it like I was saying earlier, like with our time together on Halloween and you, you, you mine some information, you mine some from the season of the witch, but then let's say you do six episode uh, limited series for Halloween. Michael only appears maybe in two episodes. One episode as a tease and one episode straight a Michael Myers story. And because if you go back and you look at Scream, when they tried to do Scream as a TV series, like in the third season, they actually try to make it like the real ghost face and do it like a Scream movie. You, you, trying to elongate that story sometimes don't work. And if you want to hold tension about a serial killer, like you can't do Michael Myers over, like you need that, you need that movie style pacing. Okay. To make it really go so if you're going to do a halloween tv series you either need to come at it with the idea of like intersecting stories that happen on halloween and michael appears but it's not his story or you need to look at like you're going to reboot fresh and you're going to and you're going to look at kind of like what zombie did you're going to tell this kid's story and maybe at like certain points in different halloweens where it's taking place at different times um it kind of depends on if you want to focus on just Michael because, or if you want to branch it out to where it does touch on um, like Brian's idea about the guy from the other town who went crazy on a Halloween. Um, So I'm just saying, I, I think TV is where everything's going right now. So all the big people wants, but as you can watch with some of the star Wars stuff, the TV pacing, it's not thrilling. Like, and that's the thing is sometimes TV doesn't work with pacing the way they're doing these storytelling. So with Halloween, like you want that pacing, you need that energy, you need to connect and you can't have every episode end with Michael doing something and start again on the next one. So you need to kind of just do something where maybe like one of your episodes is just a, oh, like a 45, 50 minute, Michael Myers Halloween story. So I I think that if you're going to do and you know this is an anthology thing I I you know I just kind of like what Tyler said <laughs> about what I was thinking like let's go back to 68. Let's go back to what happened with this Charlie Bolos guy. Let's go and let's explore things that have happened on Halloween, you know, we can start with, with, you know, you can go and explore that there's a curse upon Halloween, that different things are going to happen on Halloween. You can go that route. 
Um, but like you have to add Michael into this, but I don't know how you can do a whole show surrounded by Michael unless you do the Rob Zombie route and you start at the beginning and kind of go from there. Um, but I think it, I think it would kind of lose some interest. I think it would lose some mystique about it. So I think if you do, you know, if you do an anthology thing and you tell different stories of stuff that's happened on Halloween, that it could work. But what I'm a little worried about, I don't know, maybe worry is the wrong word, but no, worry is the right word. <laughs> but Miramax and like under Paramount, if you will, they own Scream. And then they own, I think they still own Friday the 13th so somewhat. You know, I think Universal owns Friday the 13th now. Um, that, that's why the Crystal Lake thing's going to Peacock. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure, but I know they own Scream. I know they own Scream for sure. So they said something about a universe. Yeah. So, so are we going to get like, I, I don't want them to, I don't want them to mix Scream with Halloween. I don't want them to mix other the franchises cool. with it. The I don't know how you can really continue. The way they did coring Halloween ends would have been a way to continue it and have the evil transfer to this new kid. That could have worked, but not at the time that they decided to do this in the middle of a finale movie. Okay, one, I say, don't do what Scream did when they did Scream the TV series the first season where they redid the mask and they tried to make it like a mystery of a, of a serial killer. Don't do that. Um, the closest I want scream and Halloween intersecting is if at a scene, if someone trick or treating, there's someone dressed as ghost face in the background. That's because because that was a costume first. I'll, I'll allow it. Okay. Um, my thought would be to reinvent Michael from the beginning. You keep the idea that this kid's eight years old and kills his, his sister. Get rid of Laurie Strode. Like, let's kind of reinvent from the beginning, the origin. You keep Michael Myers. He kills his sister, Judith. Update the timeline. And you kind of build from there. Make him back to being the boogeyman. Um, Yeah. Maybe like like he's an urban legend thing of a killer that comes. Um, Something like that with storytelling where he, the people, and then you have people who dress up like him at Halloween or something. I don't, I don't know. I just think that we we've already had a complete you know remake, reboot. We've had a <clears throat> a requel series. We've content we've mined enough from Jamie Lee Curtis and the Lori story. I think if you're gonna do this, let's go back to like the first concept idea and kind of redo it, re recreate it from there. Yeah, yeah. So that is our hope for the future. That is our look at 45 years of the Halloween franchise. I want to thank James and Tyler of the Krypton Report for joining me here on Gravely Amusing. Um, I think we uh, we had a lot to say about about you know ends and how things have gone. Uh, Halloween franchise, it's it's just it's a weird one. They they make so so many weird choices in it, and that's why I'm somewhat excited, but somewhat 
kind of scared about the future of Halloween. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for having us. And, and for me, and you know, it's actually funny to say the, the weird ways they've gone with, with Michael Myers and the Halloween franchise, like and people say the weird things that they had done with Jason, you know, it's like, they just tried to do something different with a movie, but the way that they took the story in this, it's like, so hard to continue any route you know <laughs> yeah like you know and i think i think that might be why i like howling a little bit a little bit more because it is a little bit more story driven it might be the wrong story <laughs> to, to drive uh or direction but it, it does have a little bit a little bit more story and things um but i'm i'm interested to see the future i'm interested to see the future of jason the future of michael and uh, eventually, I'll probably watch the Chucky show eventually, and see how that how that's gone. I've I've heard it's actually not bad. Um, but we'll, yeah, you know, I I really enjoyed the first two seasons. Um, I think they just started with season three, uh, dropping the episodes on Peacock as they drop because that did not happen to the second season. Um, Peacock wasn't around when the first season started. So when it came oh, yeah, out, it right. was there shortly after the uh, Peacock kind of got rolling, but they didn't do that with season two, but season three, I just saw it today that they actually have the first two episodes on Peacock from season three. And I believe that's all that's aired. Well, maybe I can get binge and then so and get on it. Um, but thank you guys for being a part of it. Uh, I hope you had fun. I had fun and, uh, I hope our listeners had fun. And, uh, you know, tune in more to the Krypton Report on their DC Comics stuff and Superman ways. Yep. And uh, tune in to more greatly amusing for your horse stuff. And and I look forward to seeing, you know, what James puts together for his horror podcast and how that goes. I'm excited for you, buddy. I'll and uh, I hope this episode thrilled you. I hope it horrified you. And if it didn't, I hope it left you greatly amused. Good night, everybody.